Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, From Crisis to Connection. Each week on this podcast, my guests and I will give you and your loved ones resources and tools to heal from the crises of infidelity, pornography, abusive behaviors, and betrayal trauma. But we also talk about how to build and maintain healthy connection in your most important relationships. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's good to be with all of you once again. As always, I love hanging out with you every single week. So thanks for being a part of this. Before we jump into today's episode and I introduce you to my guests, I want to tell you about a brand new course that I just created and released. It's called Healing from an Affair for the Betrayed and the Unfaithful. It's a couple's course to help people heal from the impact of an affair. And it doesn't matter if you're in the very beginning stages or if you're later in the recovery process, this course will help you get structured and organized and help you deal with all the messiness that comes with an affair. There are so many questions people have about what to do, what not to do, and I try and address all of those in this course. It's a shorter course. It's only a few hours long, and there's some great handouts with it. And the price on it is pretty inexpensive because I hosted it on the Udemy uh, platform. And uh, so the price fluctuates depending on where you live and they always have sales. So the price is anywhere between like 15 bucks and 30 bucks for the course. So go check it out. It's a great resource and I'm really proud of it. And hopefully it'll help you or someone you love work through the impact of an affair. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guests. I have my wife, Jody and her sister, Jamie Adams on the podcast today. And they are just great women, just love them both so much. And not only do I really love them as people, but what they're talking about on their podcast is so amazing. They started a podcast called Speak Up Sister, and it's a podcast for women to help them learn how to use their voice and how to speak up and really take their place and contribute in more meaningful ways. And the podcast used to be called Your Place at the Table, but they changed the name to Speak Up Sister, and they'll talk about that in a little bit. So go check that out. Their website is speakupsister.net, and you can get on their email list and follow them and really connect to their great content that they're producing. Today, I brought them into the studio to talk about a handout they have that you can actually get on their website about nine signals that it's time to speak up and use your voice. And in fact, if you want, you can... Go to speakupsister.net and put in your email address and download this and follow along. And they'll just email you the free PDF of these nine points. And just as a side note, we discovered just today that if you look it up on an iPhone, there's a bug for some reason on their website on an iPhone browser, on the Safari browser that freezes it up. So don't get discouraged. Just jump on a desktop or a laptop or something else other than a, an iPhone <laughs> And it will allow you to put your email address in and download that handout. So apologize for the hassle there, but we'll get that fixed. And just didn't want you to give up if you're looking for that. 
Okay, let me tell you a little bit about Jamie and Jody. Jody has a bachelor's degree from BYU in psychology, worked in corporate America for a little bit, and then has spent the last 20 plus years uh, raising our kids. And she's an incredible human being, just love everything about her. Been married to her for 25 years, and I can tell you, she is the real deal. She recently started the podcast with her sister and then also went through and completed a certification to become a coach and offers that to women as well. And just love seeing her in this phase of life really give back and make so many important contributions with all of her lived experience and all the study and research and connecting she's done. She served a tremendous amount in different community and church capacities. And her sister, Jamie, also has a degree from Brigham Young University in French and computer science, and also did a master's degree just recently in Israel at Tel Aviv University in international conflict resolution. And she also worked in corporate America and has also uh, served in a lot of different callings and capacities through the church and the community. And they just recently moved from Hawaii, where they lived there for 10 plus years on the Big Island and have had a lot of really cool experiences living there. And Jamie also started the podcast with Jody, and it's so cool to have them in our community now working on this together and really being able to coordinate more and do more and really support and encourage women all over the world with this podcast. So we're going to dive in and talk about these nine points. We're going to divide it up into two episodes. So today in this episode, you're just going to get the first half of them. And then next episode, we'll do the other half. So let's dive right into this episode with Jody Stewart and Jamie Adams from Speak Up Sister. Well, welcome to the podcast, Jamie and Jody. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. It's, good it's always to be here. great to have my two favorite women in the room. Seriously. <laughs> it's great to have you guys back on the podcast. I had you on a while back and uh, that was when your podcast had a different name. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me what's happened since then? <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we changed the name. <laughs> Jody can talk to it more. I think this came more from her, but uh yeah, yeah, probably. We started out as your place at the table and we felt like that really did represent our message primarily to women and primarily in the context of Christian practice, but we just felt like we felt like there was more of an invitation in our new name Speak Up Sister that it really is about encouraging women to discover and use their voices to express the meaningful things that they need to. Yeah, I love it. And your podcast is primarily for women, but a lot of men yeah. have I've listened to. It. I mean, it's fantastic. It's mm -hmm. great stuff that I think everybody needs to hear. I just feel like if you have a voice, it's a good podcast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's kind of got a little double meaning, right? The sister, because you both are sisters, but also speaking to, at least in our you know, in Christian communities, we talk about sisters, brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. and it's really an invitation for women to, I love on your website, I think it says something like how to speak up, why we don't, why we need to, and why we need to, and mm -hmm. how we can, how we can. Mm -hmm. say it one more time. Cause I just butchered it. <laughs> yeah. It says it's uh conversations for women who want to speak up, why we don't, why we need to, and how we can. Okay. I mm -hmm. love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So Speak Up Sister, and I'll put links to where you can find the podcast in the show notes, but their website is speakupsister.net. And today we're going to talk about something that they both came up with, which is nine signals that tell you that it's time to speak up. And I'll just say, if you want to follow along as you're listening to this and have it in written form, mm -hmm. you can go get this on the website. It's a free download. Yep. 
If you go to speakupsister.net and put in your email address, they'll email you the free PDF of exactly the, the nine things we're going to cover in today's episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as a side note, we just discovered before we started recording that for some reason, there's a glitch on iPhones if you open it up on the Safari browser. Yeah, sometimes. It's like freezing up. So don't be discouraged if you're on your iPhone and you click on it and it's not working. Just find a, a desktop com- computer or, a, or a, mm-hmm. probably a tablet or something and and open it up on that and you can put your email address in and get the, the download. Yeah. So we're going to get that fixed, I think, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, we'll uh, process. We'll figure that little bug out. But so let's dive in. I think this is a great discussion. And, and actually, I want to talk about one thing before we dive into this topic. Even though your audience is primarily women, mm-hmm. uh, we are speaking to men and my listenership is obviously a mix. And so... But I also work a lot with folks that are going through betrayal. We have a sure. lot of women that listen that have been betrayed and some men as well. And when we talk about the idea of speaking up and voicing your needs, this can be a really loaded thing for couples, especially when one person has been totally run over by betrayal. Mm-hmm. And I just mostly want to say to my audience, if you're listening to this and you've betrayed your partner or you've been betrayed by your partner, recognize that asking for what you need can feel really loaded, especially if you're the person that caused the injury. You may feel like you don't have a right to have any needs. Your betrayed partner may be saying to you, I can't hear what you need right now. And we totally understand and support that. We recognize that there has to be a level of safety and trust reestablished before your betrayed partner can care about your needs. Or if you're a betrayed partner, before you're able to care about your partner's needs. And that, that's not because you're selfish or you're being petty or trying to get back at them. It's really based on a foundation of, of safety and trust. So we're not wanting to diminish anybody's needs in this episode, or when we talk about speaking up for your needs. If you've betrayed your partner and you feel like, well, they can't, they don't care about my needs or they're not listening or they won't give me any room. It doesn't mean your needs don't matter. It just means that they can't matter to your betrayed partner right now. Keep working on trust, keep working on rebuilding safety. Someday they'll matter. So in the meantime, you can talk with somebody else about your needs. You have a therapist, you might have a church leader, you might have a family member, friends that can hear and care about and help you process through those and figure out how to get those met and then work someday to hopefully work on those together with your partner. So anything you guys want to add to that? No, that's yeah, that very well articulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right on. All right. So I just want to set up that context because I don't want anybody feeling worried that somehow we're leveling the playing field and everybody should just be able to ask anybody about what they need. But if that happens, you still have a voice to say, I can't hear that right now. Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) Opportunity. (laughs) It's an opportunity to practice everything we're talking about. So there's nine of these things and Mm -hmm. let's just go through them. I'll just read the one. Mm -hmm. I've got the list in front of me. It's an awesome list. And we're going to have a discussion about each one. So number one on the list of signals that tell you it's time to speak up. Number one is the issue keeps coming up. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. Well, this one I think is pretty standard that this is just a huge signal in almost every case that something needs to be said. And now it it doesn't indicate what needs to be said, but it will notify you if a concern keeps coming up in the same context under the same conditions, then it's useful to be able to recognize, okay, this is a thing. This is something that I need to say something about. And then you can begin the process of sorting through that. Mm Mm-hmm. Additionally, it helps mitigate against the tendency for some to believe that, hey, in 
in my speaking up, I'm speaking up about everything now. So this number one is just if if something is recurring and it's starting to feel important to you, this isn't, you know, we don't advocate that we all just get to always express all the time. That really Mm -hmm. would be chaotic Mm -hmm. and difficult. Right. And that's not good use of speaking up, right? That's just speaking, I guess. So just reminds us that there are things that are more important than others. And so as you start becoming attuned to things that are recurring, oh, I need to speak up about this. Yeah, like the pattern. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's how you can tell if it's like a total pattern where you're, you're all of a sudden realizing, okay, here we go again. Yeah. And it needs to be named, noted, acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and it underscores something that's pretty foundational to the whole speaking up process, mm-hmm. which is it's going to be, it is a process that takes time. And so it will take repeated experiences to recognize, oh, this is something that keeps coming up. Now I recognize the pattern. Yeah. And so it's time to start moving into more of a of an action phase. But none of this is like the snap of a finger and yeah. saying what needs to be said, that this is just the beginning of the process. Yeah, I know, I know for myself, I sometimes am hard on myself, like, why didn't I say that sooner or why didn't I see it? Yeah. And sometimes it takes five or ten or a hundred times to yeah. recognize that this is important. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. I just feel like it's never too late. Like if it's oh, something no. you're recognizing, just speak up about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anything else on that, on the issues keep coming up? Are we good on that one? Yeah, I think Move so. Move on to number two. Okay. Number two, it interferes with your ability to go about your daily activities. So if there's something that you need to speak up about, it'll rankle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are things that will come up over and over, likely in your mind. You may find yourself having conversations in your head. Oh, mm. if I would have said, or I'm going to say, or I, I should have, you know, those types of things, or, or even mulling over what happened. This is what happened and going over and over and over what happened. That type of, you will start to notice you're spending mental energy on certain things. And I think we're all doing this all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's, and there's different and varying degrees. Jody and I tend to focus on the difficult conversations, okay. right? We, we tend to focus on, you know, heavy stuff and this is how to approach it. But the reality is in, in our daily stuff, we're always mulling over and thinking, okay, I have to make a phone call. We'll think about even how to approach that with someone. But when it interferes with just normal thought process, it causes us distress, causes us worry, interrupts just normal normal thinking, it can, it's the signal. It's a sign that I should probably say something about this so that I don't have to keep going through this in my own head. Yeah. And then we can start the process of, okay, now how do I do that? Yeah. No, I love that. And I, and I think about the times in my own life where I'm not speaking up about something. I tend to gravitate toward mindless activities. Oh, interesting. Almost to get my mind off of it because I'm not, it's almost like I want to stop thinking about it. I, so I'll I'll just zone out on a screen or I'll, I don't know. Distraction avoidance. Yeah, just kind of avoidance stuff. That's kind of my go-to for that. And, you know, whether that's giving myself a break from, but it's not productive. Like I'm not taking action or doing something about it. I'm mostly just trying to avoid it. Yeah, it affects us 
it interferes with our thinking and with our doing. Yeah, exactly. And in both respects, we can just end up looping and looping yes. and not being productive in either way. So any of those avenues can be a signal that there's something we we need to speak up about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the and at the moment that you recognize it again, whether you've been looping on it for a day, a month, a year, two years, I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. Some some of these things we sometimes just sort of accept living with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that we're just powerless and it's just what I have to put up with, but that's just, it's not true. But at the second that we recognize, I mean, I think once for me, once I've accepted something that I really either I'm not going to do anything about, or I can't, it doesn't rankle me. Like you were saying earlier, like something that can be done. And so I, I just feel like that's a good signal. If it's still kind of gnawing at you, you've got more work to do with it, whether it's say something about it or just accept it or whatever. Wouldn't you say that? Like there's, mm-hmm. it's unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're all familiar with problem-solving mode versus rumination mode, right? Oh, yeah. And, and the minute we just even recognize, oh, I wonder, even ask ourselves, is this something I should speak up about? It puts us in problem-solving mode and and in the ability to start saying, oh, okay, what are the words I could use to express my experience or how would I approach this as opposed to just reliving the pain or the hurt or the frustration? Mm-hmm. So it's a shift. It's a great shift to just get us out of, you know, being stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. If rumination, to me, interferes with so much. Yeah, it mm-hmm. like just makes me so unproductive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yet we can stay stuck there for a long time, oh, yeah. just thinking that we're sorting it all out and making things happen in that imaginary conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, rumination, I, I think we've talked about it on here. When I had Wally Goddard on here, we talked about rumination. And he, he just reminded me that, that term usually is referred to what cows do yeah. when they're regurgitating their food in their multiple stomachs. <laughs> oh, just bringing up the old stuff. Chewing the cud. Chewing on it. Just chew on it, regur- just swallow it. You know, it's just that. It's just, just so unproductive. <laughs> I know, but it's as natural as breathing for many of us. Right. And so we're just, thank you. you know, Jody and I have done our fair share oh, yeah. of living in this place. And and that's oh, yeah. why I think this podcast has just been helpful for us and, and others to say, okay, there are ways, there are ways to just stop that so yeah. that we can move forward healthily mm-hmm. inside ourselves. Yeah. Thanks for normalizing that. Cause I, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's human nature. We, we kind of st- a lot of us rarely just just act on every single thing. We like spin around for a little bit trying mm-hmm. to figure it out, especially oh, if it's important. We yeah, want to exactly. do we want to make a right, right decision and we want to give ourselves mm-hmm. time to figure out what that is. And so we just want to make sure that it doesn't go past that and that it starts interfering, mm-hmm. you know, with things that should just be normal. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Number three, you repeatedly tell yourself it's not a big deal. This is a really big one for me, actually. Oh yeah? Yeah. Because the the chatter in my head is oftentimes, it's fine. Like those are the words that come. And when I hear myself saying that so much about a topic, I've learned to just go, oh, this must not be fine. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Oh, it's, I think it's not fine because I keep trying to tell myself how fine it is and I can't let it go. I'm still at it. No, it's fine. It's really fine. <laughs> yeah. it's hard. That's a hard one for me because some of my own personal self identity is. Wanting to be relatively easygoing. I, I like being yeah. with people and being with people means you've got to be flexible. Yeah. You've got to be able to give and take. And so I very much too want things 
mm-hmm. to be fine. And so I'll do a fair amount of that myself. And that's okay. It's I'm not going to worry. This is not a big deal. But then, you know, it'll happen again. And then I'll have the same reaction. And then it is it's still there. Yes. <laughs> so then, I, yeah. Oh, I think it I, does take it, a lot of discernment to know what to let go. Because I agree with you, Jamie. Like when I'm, yeah, when I'm hanging out with people in a family or a group of people, like how in the world is, so, you know, we're not all going to just see things the same way or right. we're going to have quirks and annoy each other. Mm-hmm. But the pattern, it goes back and these do overlap or sort of build on yeah. each other. So yeah, that when you start to notice that it's like, maybe it is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say that this does tie right back into number one, where if the issue keeps coming up and if, if we're telling ourselves how fine it is and that is becoming a pattern, then that's the signal. Okay. Because there are plenty of things that go on, some irritating thing in the moment or a time when we have to take a, a deep breath with somebody who has a way of being that is difficult and we can navigate those. They can really be fine and then they can dissipate. But when we are repeatedly telling ourselves it's no big deal, it's fine, then that's when, mm-hmm. when we want to tune in a little bit. Especially when it's fine comes with a sigh. It's fine. Oh, the tone. It's right. It's yeah. Because we can say, oh, sure, it's fine. Or it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a good example. I'm thinking of, you know, being at a family gathering and Mm -hmm. somebody maybe uh, tells a joke or says something and that we find just mildly hurtful or I don't know. We maybe take a little personally and we kind of go, oh, Okay, well, it's a one-off. That person, you know, they're generally not like this or whatever. But in that same gathering, there's another person who's interrupting us over and over. And we can't just seem to finish a sentence without being cut off. Yeah. And we start going, okay, you know, that, I can let that go. But this other thing, I can't. Like, I this is driving Mm -hmm. me crazy here. I don't have a voice and I need to just, I want to finish a sentence. So I need to say something and just ask that person to not interrupt me. Next yeah, time. that's you a know, great so, example. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. Right. And that's if you're going to stay in the conversation, because there may be sometimes it's appropriate just to be done yeah. and move on. And yeah, you can decide to make it a one-off. It's not that <laughs> <laughs> like it's not that big of a deal. It's just a it's just a social thing. Yeah. You can just pass through it, no big deal. But if it's a relationship you're going to be in, whether it's a marriage or a, a sibling or a family member, mm-hmm. and you're going to have repeated interactions with them, might you know, it does take a lot of courage to say, All right, I can't let this one go. It's it's not fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I hope it goes, you know, for listeners that this goes without saying that if it's if it's a big deal and jokes being made at your expense, somebody, you know, mm. routinely talking ill about you or or minimizing you in public or anything that diminishes your self-worth or humanity and this is on both sides men and women, I've seen them both do it to each other and I've I've experienced it on both sides myself. You know, the big things, they are important and it's okay for those things to be important. Yeah. And let, let them be important to Mm -hmm. you. You know, I, I feel hurt and I'm a person and it's okay for me to just work through that and, and stand up for what, you know, my, my feelings are in this moment. Yep. Yeah. I love that. And I'm, I'm amazed at, you know, if it, I'm thinking back on an experience, I'm trying to say like, I'm amazed at how effective it can be, especially if you're in a relationship with somebody who you respect or you want to be close to, and they may not realize, you know, there's a blind spot there. And just saying that one time can save you months, years of of frustrating interactions. Sure. 
I'm thinking about a time where I, I was working closely years ago in Arizona. I was working closely with a foster parent who was actually a nun, a Catholic nun. And I was back in one of, I was back in her house talking with her about one of the, one of the children she had in her home, who was one of my clients. And we were back in her kind of inner sanctum, like this place where she prayed. It was a very sacred room to her. And I went in there and I was just being super casual with my language. And the way I would have spoken to her was almost like I would have spoken to a peer. And I don't know what word I said. And it wasn't a swear word. And it wasn't anything that I don't think would have been a big deal outside of that area. But in that room, I wasn't paying attention to my environment. I wasn't being aware of how special this place was. But it was the only quiet place in her house that, that day. And I, I said some word. I honestly can't even remember what I said. But she stopped me dead in my tracks and looked at me and said something like, Jeff, will you please not say that word in here? Hmm. That's all she said. Of course, I felt embarrassed, but I also just felt a lot of love and a lot of courage and a lot of gratitude that like, okay, like this is real. And of course I apologized. And then I became totally aware of where I was, mm. <laughs> the context, everything became really clear and really sharp at that moment. And we just carried on, never forgotten it. Here we are almost 20 years later. I mean, that was mm. probably in 2001, 2002. I mean, it was so long ago. But the impact that it had on me to be aware of where I'm at, my surroundings and being careful, just that one comment made a huge difference for me. Yeah. And I'm somebody that tries to pay attention, but I wasn't, I wasn't seeing it. And so I, I just think that there's a lot of power where she could have just been like, when else are we going to be back here? Who cares? He's just a therapist. This is a, this is a foster kid. That kid will probably move out. But you know, she could have told herself it was no big deal. But to her, that was a big enough thing to speak up about. And I, I respect that. I appreciate that. So again, I think it takes discernment. For me, it, it's something that I'm constantly balancing. But yeah, I love what you said, Jamie, that it's, it's easy to sort of write it off and just say like, oh, who cares? It's no big deal. When, when we're in social situations or with people and we feel like we just have to put up with stuff, but it's okay also for it to be a big deal. I mm -hmm. think it is. Mm -hmm. And I'll add too that Everything Jody and I strive to do with our podcast is to help any of our listeners do that respectfully, tactfully, yes. kindly, yes. so that we don't have to carry some of maybe the emotional stress of, oh, my speaking up is going to cause more problems because we're not confident that we can do it in a way that can A, get the outcome we need, but still result in, in love and, and mutual satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there might be incidences and times of, of discomfort or embarrassment, but we all get to carry that. Welcome to the test. Like that's, <laughs> this is what it is. So, you know, we can do this and we can do it well. Oh, I love my that. Point. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to be hammers about it. We mm -hmm. don't have to be apologetic about it. We can just be like, what does Brene Brown say? Right? Clear is kind. We can just mm -hmm. be clear. We can do it kindly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And be kind to somebody when they're clear with us. Oh man. Right. On the other end of it mm -hmm. <laughs> and not react defensively or yeah, I love that. Okay. Let's move on to number four. You've got number four is you find yourself in the same unwanted situation over and over again, going back to patterns. Mm -hmm. What would you say about this one? I think oftentimes, uh, this was alluded to earlier that we just find ourselves carrying a certain amount of just misery and, and acceptance with difficulty and, and a certain degree of allowance for rumination and just trouble, trouble that just kind of hovers around. And so sometimes this, these are hard to detect. 
Mm -hmm. But when we find ourselves in the same unwanted situation repeatedly, that can be a signal that we need to say something or maybe do something differently. And the pattern here is, I think, also recognizing our own reaction. So you find yourself in the same situation. That doesn't mean that it's the same people. You're going right. to, you, you're reacting the same ways in these same situations. And you start going, okay, there's something here that I, I, I've got to address, even if it's within myself, right? I, maybe I'm allowing these things, you know, this treatment of me or something's going on here. But if I don't start speaking up, then I can't even fix my own pattern in a variety of situations. Mm -hmm. So even if it's the same person, right, you know, those types of patterns are easy to to see, but also being able to recognize it in a variety of of people and situations. Mm -hmm. Well, I I think that's interesting because I know for me, like if, if if I'm only focusing on the one person, then I can just put it on them and make it their issue. Right. But if I'm seeing it across lots of situations, maybe it's something I'm sensitive to. And it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It just means that I need to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I love that. I love that distinction to not just peg it on one person and say like, well, that person's just loud and annoying, but I'm really sensitive to all loud and annoying people, <laughs> whatever it may be. Yes. And so maybe I need to do something different. I And I'll just give a personal example really okay. quick, if I could, with yeah. that that has happened recently. So our family moved to Utah after many years living in the Hawaiian Islands. The people that live in Hawaii are soft-spoken. They oh. are more quiet. I think there's a lot of you know, they're a peaceful people and they're, that comes in their voices and, and in the way that they express themselves. And I cannot tell you the number of times since I've moved here, people have said to me, speak up. And they say it loud like, like that. that. And I'm all, okay. And at first I felt like, oh, you know, it's just because I've been in Hawaii and I've, I've learned to speak more quietly. But now I say, oh, excuse me, I'm a soft-spoken person. Because I have started to own some of that because I like soft-spoken. I like it in my home. It's soft-spoken. We're not mm. yellers there. We like, but we have, we've had to migrate to that, right? We've, we've sure. worked on it and yeah. come to that. And so even, you know, in several different times where I've had somebody say to me that I need to speak up, I've also just said, I'm soft-spoken and I encourage, you know, which is an invitation for them to listen. Wow. Anyway. I love it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I keep having to turn up your microphone here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so soft-spoken. Stop. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a great excellent. example, Jamie. I love that because speaking up doesn't mean that you're trying to change them. You're just, again, like this, you're just owning where you're at. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that invitation just to say like, yeah, you're right. I am soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to like be a yeller or I'm not just going to like bark. Right, I, I don't, and I'll speak a little louder, yeah, or more clearly. I don't mind accommodating, people, sure, yeah, accommodating people at all. I don't, but I, you know, the, it was just the repetition and and this fact that I was thinking, oh, I've learned so much living away from some of this hard, fast culture. I don't want to lose all that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is just the one way that I've personally, I don't want to lose. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something about mm-hmm. it. Right. And then not speaking up about that, I think could maybe leave you feeling like you're doing, like you're, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Well, like that everybody should be speaking at the same level or mm-hmm. something, but to own that part of speaking up, I think is just owning where you're at and allowing other people to hear your experience. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Well, 
I love this on several levels, just that that Jamie found a way to speak up in a way that worked for her in a soft-spoken way. And yeah. that she's still speaking up and finding ways to communicate the important message that she wants to send, but she's doing it in a way that honors what's important to her and who she is. Yeah. Speaking up isn't about volume. Exactly. Or tone. It's about clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I wish I could be this person all the time. <laughs> Hey, in the really studio, beautiful. right? In our little studio here, you can be whoever I know, right? we want. <laughs> we can whoever we want. Paint that picture, look however we choose. But you know, I mean, yeah, we're. But you at least have some clarity about what works for you and what you what feels peaceful, and so it's a good it's a good benchmark to come back to, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I just also wanted to add that there really is a lot of power in recognizing that sometimes the same problem that you find yourself in, in a variety of unwanted situations, that the common denominator is you. And it doesn't mean, like we just heard in this example, it doesn't mean you're, you're, that something's wrong with what you're doing, but it might mean that you need to speak up about what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're, you care, you're noticing it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to point out the patterns that matter to you. Yeah, I think that's the key here is unwanted, that Mm -hmm. that just ties into your personal experience and how you want it to be. Okay, yeah, I love that. it is good. Thanks for listening to part one of this two-part interview with Jody Stewart and Jamie Adams from Speak Up Sister. Once again, you can find them on speakupsister.net and you can download the handout that we just talked about by entering your email address on that website. And then you can also get on their email list and follow them on social media and see the cool stuff they're doing. And they've got past episodes on their website as well. And so stay tuned for the next episode where we will complete this interview and give you the rest of the nine points and have a great discussion on them. And as always, you can check out the resources I have available on my website from Crisis to Connection. I have a free guide that has three ways that you can end your marriage arguments jump on there and you can download that free resource from me. And while you're there, I've got past episodes of this podcast. I do a weekly column, question and answer, and then lots of great other resources, online courses and social media stuff. And drop me a line. Let me know what you like, what's helping you. I try and respond to everybody who contacts me. So I definitely want to be a support and part of your solution. Thanks guys for hanging out with me this week on the podcast. And stay tuned for part two with Jamie and Jody next episode.